The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2 and our new sponsors, Shot Clubhouse. I'm Luke Edwards, good to be back with you. Hope you had a good Christmas and a happy new year, unless you are Joey Barton, of course. Joining us, we have journalist and Her Game 2 ambassador at Coventry City, it is Laura Hartley. Hello, Laura. Hiya, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, also joining us, we have a man whose side currently sit third in the National League South. It's Rugby Borough Manager Lee Birch. Hello, Lee. Hi, Luke. Hope you're good. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Also, welcome to Inyesh Champeo. Hello, Inyesh. Hello there. Hi. How are you doing? Thank you for uh, for inviting me. How was your Christmas and New Year? Oh, it was good. Uh, it's been uh, very cold, not as cold as in England, uh, but I'm not used to this cold anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in Sunderland. What's up with you? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Sunderland are, are now in the uh, in the FA Cup doing very well, also doing very well in the championship. So uh, I'm eager to see them uh, in the top flight of, of English football, uh, both the men and the women's. Um, especially the women. Um, so yeah, that's been it's been wonderful to see their run uh, so far in, in the championship, especially because I hope they keep, they keep fighting to to go up. But also, you should be used to the cold, having lived in Sunderland like that. No, it should be nothing to you that now. Yeah, it, it's been like almost ten years, so <laughs> I, I I'm not used to it anymore. And I also like seeing the sun, which is something that I did not have in Sunderland. <laughs> oh, Graham Falk will be on the phone if he's uh, if he's listening in. Um, so the action is starting to ramp back up. Uh, the National League came back last weekend in the South League. Your girls had a good win away at Cheltenham, didn't they? Yeah, and it was a a, a good. A good win, like even on paper. I think when you look at Cheltenham's uh, form recently, they've been in in superb form. I think since we beat them three one at home, I think they've only conceded one goal in the last uh, four or five games. So yeah, they were in a really good run of form, and they don't concede a lot of goals at home. So um, yeah, we were we were really pleased with the the performance. At the top, though, you've got Hashtag and, and uh, Portsmouth, and they're relentless, aren't they, at the minute? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Portsmouth have been pretty much like that since the start of the season, and they were a couple of games behind people, so people probably didn't notice them for the first handful of games, whilst, uh, you know, ourselves are a bit at top, and, and Hashtag, obviously, up there as well. So, yeah, it's been a, a nice a nice little battle, and you know, we've been in that top three, and You've got Ipswich getting involved as well, and, and they've got lots of games to catch up, which is probably their uh, their only thing. So they've had a good FA Cup run, um, as well as you know I think Oxford are, are starting to pick up as well. So I think those teams that people thought were going to be in and around it uh, are up there, and hashtag have, have, have had a really good start. Yeah, and those two meet on the South Coast this weekend. And earlier, I caught up with two of Hashtag United's longest standing players, Grace Gillard and Haley West. So, girls, you two have been with the club since it's formed, so the ride has been pretty spectacular, hasn't it? It, it has. Um, I actually think I joined a season later um, from when Hashtag uh, or AFC Basildon became Hashtag. I was actually at the club a few seasons prior to that when it was C&K Basildon, um, when we were in the Premiership South then. But coming to the club 
formerly known as CNK Ambassador to hashtag it's yeah it's so much better now and the rise from where we were three seasons ago when I joined to where we are now it's just one that you can't really put into words you have to be in that moment yeah echo what um Hayley says there it's just been a case of kind of every season it's not been like noticeable differences in the moment but if you look back on it now from kind of where the club was three years ago prior to the hashtag takeover to now it's it's two different clubs almost so it was an independent club beforehand and then hashtag to COVID and then COVID affected it a little bit. But the progression we've had since since it's kind of really got going. I mean, we was tier four when hashtag took over and then now we're towards the top of tier three. So it's it's been big in that. But just women's football as a whole in that time has gone leaps and bounds as well, which has also obviously made a difference with our kind of level at, at the same time. Yeah, and the whole thing around hashtag as well, the, the visibility on social media m- must really help as well. Yeah, so I think uh, what we're quite unique about is with, with that online um, presence. So like some of our games, well, you might not have hundreds and thousands of people coming through the door, but they're streamed on YouTube, like our home games. And actually, if you look at like the viewing figures on that, it's tens of thousands of people watch those games. So just having that on top of just, Hayley will also know this, but sometimes you just have random people know who you are because they've seen you on YouTube, which is quite unique for this kind of level of football, really. Um, and I think it's just only done a world of good for us as a club and uh, women's football as a whole. I think the more uh, attention there is to it, the better it is for the game. I think it's really reaching audience, audiences that won't necessarily watch football previously either. So I've had friends that I used to go to school with 15 years ago that maybe I've not seen or spoken to. And then I'll get a random message from them oh, I've just seen you. I didn't realise this is what you were doing. And obviously it's just getting the hashtag um, women's name out there. Were you expecting to do really well this season? You got promoted into step three last season into the National League South. How's the season gone? Has it gone better than you expected it to? Uh, I think anytime you're newly promoted into a, into a new league, it's it's a case of um, establishing yourself in that league. And I think there was there were signs and signals last year that we would be able to compete. So we played a couple of teams in in that league. So Watford, who actually won it, we played in a cup game and we only lost an extra time. And then we actually beat Ipswich, who at the time were kind of challenging for the title last season. And we beat them while we was in Tier 4. Um, so I think there was always signs that we'd be able to compete in this league. But if we're being truthfully honest, I think... Um, no one would probably, including the teams in the league, no probably, no one would have probably expected us to be in the position we are in at the moment. So I think we've exceeded expectations and now it's a case of fulfilling that for the second half of the season and not just having it a kind of a half-season wonder. You, you played Portsmouth, of course, big clash on Sunday. Um, I, I suppose you'll be hoping for a good crowd as well, won't you? Yeah, I think one thing Portsmouth... Portsmouth have, and, and there's no there's no denying this, there's no hiding from this, they've got an unbelievable home record. And I think part of that is the fact that they have, they do get, I think, I think the best crowds in the league in regards to numbers. Um, so there will probably be a big crowd there. And, and for them, it's a game where, as much as it is for us, it's a game where if, if they win it, they're in a very strong position for the league. So it's, um, it's a game where both teams need to win to really keep, to really drive forward with winning the league. But, um, I'd expect them to have a big crowd and, and we tend to thrive. Our away record is is probably better than their home record. So I think that won't phase us, but um, it should definitely be an occasion. It should definitely be a good game. Um, 
and yeah, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, and Haley, I suppose it's about going there and enjoying it, isn't it? Portsmouth went close last year, and everyone looks at them and sees them as probably one of the teams to beat. Yeah, and that's that's what I was thinking when Grace was just talking. I was like, actually, we we turn up to our games and we enjoy the harder games. Um, last season, great that we won the league. Obviously, we had a really good run, but not all the games were challenging. So to go and play a team that's as well known as Portsmouth, it, yeah, bring it on. We're excited. Sure, you prefer an easy game, wouldn't you? An occasional eight 0 win it doesn't isn't too bad, but. Uh... There, no. is something, there is something about a 1-0 win when you're hanging on at the end uh, and then that final whistle goes. It's, sometimes that moment is slightly more euphoric than uh, if you're 8-9-0 up at half-time. And Lee, I'm guessing you'll be hoping for a draw in that one and then you get another win when you host Cardiff Ladies on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I think either way, you know, for, we need to worry about what we can do. We, we don't get to play hashtag again, so, you know, we, we do need them to drop points where we do have an opportunity to play Portsmouth ourselves. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the teams, as all all the ones I've just mentioned, they've still got to play each other. So, you know, when everyone's playing everyone, there's going to be points dropped. And then when we play those teams in and around us, we've we've got to have a, a better record because that's probably been a little bit of our Achilles heel. You know, we've played hashtag three times. We haven't managed to beat them. And in every game, we, we come away and we reflect and, and <laughs> we, we go away, we wonder why. And, uh, you know, we, we try to push forward, but they've had a really good season. And I think it'll be a, a really interesting game. But for us, we're just trying to tick off the games one by one. We're a brand new side. You know, I, I know we come down from the championship of being Coventry United, but we only kept five players, one of them being our subkeeper. So we are a brand new team this year. And for us to be in the in the fight against teams and managers and clubs that have been together for a long time we're we're really pleased I, I was going to say that because I know we spoke to you earlier in the season but from where you were at the end of last season if, if I'd have said going into the new year you'd be third I'm sure you'd have taken that wouldn't you yeah I'd have bit your hand off I think even more so when we went into pre-season because we I remember our first pre-season game and I look at the team that played that day you know we only had one sub you know th- three youth players playing for us I'll be honest agents weren't interested players weren't interested people didn't know what was really going on there was obviously a you know the change of uh club brand so that that causes problems with regards to recruitment but we kept working we kept plugging away and now we we've, we've managed to add some good players recently I've now got agents actually ringing me up so that's that's interesting how a few wins can change things and <laughs> People can uh, start to see a different uh, a different thing than, than a badge. So, yeah, uh, we're really pleased. We're also in the cup semi final um, of the county cup as well. So, yeah, we we are pleased and we are building. Funny that our agents suddenly get in touch, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It is. In the north, Newcastle they stuck seven past Halifax, remain five points clear of Burnley with a game in hand. Burnley, they grabbed a vital win away at Wolves and sandwiched in between Burnley and Wolves and Nottingham Forest, who beat West Brom 3-0. Um, it's the FA Cup fourth round this weekend, a chance for someone to maybe cause an upset. We talked about Newcastle there, Laura, and the ambitions they're showing, the fact they're going well in the league. They face Man United at least Sports Village this Sunday. It's an early kickoff, 12 o'clock. Um, if nothing else, this will be a great experience for them, won't it? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we've seen from, from last season, Newcastle can do incredible things on and off the pitch. You know, we've seen the support that they've had, the record-breaking attendances. You know, they've they've been going really well and they've obviously been playing at St. James's Park as well. And I think they've got something really special going there. And going to United is going to be really exciting for them. Um, you know, I think they sold out their tickets <laughs> with ridiculous, you know, in ridiculous minutes and their fan base is really going to help them with that. And I think... You know, United have obviously been in Malta with their mid-season training camp. They've been keeping going. Newcastle obviously got their 7-0 win. And I think that could put them in good stead. I really do. And if anything, it's like you say, it's going to be a brilliant experience for them. Lee Sports Village is, I guess, Man United's fortress at the minute. You know, they're always packing it out. It's going to be a good test. It's going to be a tough test for Newcastle. Um. But I do actually think they've got a really good chance at, at giving a bit of a, a, a cup upset. So uh, bring it on, I say. Lee, Luton Town, they're the lowest ranked team left in it. They host WSL side Brighton and Hove Albion. And, and what an occasion it'll be for them. Yeah, that, that's great. And I think that's what we love about the FA Cup, isn't it? You know, the opportunity for, for sides to um, progress through the rounds and, and, and play in these games and play against these players and clubs that these players won't maybe have had an opportunity to do before. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fairy tale tie and, and that's what the FA Cup's all about. So, yeah, good luck to them. We, we actually played Brighton last year in the FA Cup and they're a good side um, and, and they move the ball well. So, uh, Luton, I'm sure, will be prepared as much as they can for that. Yeah, Moneyfields are in the fourth round for the first time in their history. They travel to London City at Lionesses. Laura, Lee, is there any other fixtures that stand out for you potentially as an upset? I don't think an upset, but there is one that I had my eye on. And it's the East Mids Derby, um, Derby County um, and Leicester. I think that's going to be, well, hopefully a bit of a spicy one. Um, I think that's going to be a really good tie. I think definitely one that's caught my eye in the round of fixtures, along obviously with, with Luton, Brighton. Um, also, Durham and Man City um, as well. I think they're also one to keep an eye out for. Um, again, like Lee said, this is the magic of the cup and Durham get that. They get the visitors of Man City um, up up north. So I think there's a couple of other really exciting fixtures. I think the worry is, is that there's still a massive chasm, isn't there, between sort of the WSL and the even the championship because you look at some of the Conti Cup results and... Like teams in the championship tend to get battered off teams in the WSL. There is still that that big gap, isn't there? Yeah, and actually, I think one of the real maybe the disparage between that one of the things that we'll see clearly is Arsenal hosting Watford. Um, I think that's a classic example of that. And you know, Watford are a, a good championship side. I think we'll we'll see that difference there. Um, Obviously, Arsenal have just just let go one of their players to to Villa, so you know fans weren't too happy about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's another example of you know seeing that disparity. 
Yeah, and also talking of Arsenal, they'll be wearing all white in their FA Cup tie, like their male counterparts last weekend as part of the No More Red campaign. No More Red is a collaborative campaign between Arsenal and Adidas, and the campaign continues to protect young individuals from knife crime and youth violence. Other news then. Gemma Granger, the, the news came out over the last couple of days that she's resigned as Wales manager. She's off to manage Norway. And in the that's a that's a massive shock, that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a massive like uh, jump up because uh, all due respect to Wales, Norway have some of the best talent uh, in the world and they've been underperforming for years. So uh, I'm very um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what, what happens now because... Um, yeah, I mean, when you have talent like uh, Caroline Graham Hansen, uh, Ada Hegerberg, Vilda Voris, uh, uh, Guru Wrighton, etc., 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 you have to be doing better than they have been so far. And I think it's a change was due, and this might just be the right change because Wales have had some good results, in my opinion, even if they didn't uh, qualify for, for the World Cup. But they've been doing, you know, some exciting things. So let's see what happens now. But Laura, she does leave Wales in a better place than when she found it, doesn't she? She does, yeah. She's done an absolutely brilliant job um, with with Wales. And it's just an opportunity that you can, that you can never, ever turn down. Um, I think this is something that she can really shoot for the stars for, to be honest. Um, she has done an incredible job with Wales. She does leave it in a good place, as you say. Um, they've been getting the results. They were so close to that qualifying. Um, and I think, you know, she could have taken them even further if she hadn't been given this opportunity. But if you're her, would you really turn it down? I don't think anybody would. Um, it's a chance to coach some of these incredible players and you know Wales does have so many brilliant players as well and I think that's what makes them brilliant under under Gemma they have just got better and better and better and you know they're really shining through they're on they're on the world stage they are they are they are competitors regardless of their qualification or not qualification of of the tournament last summer so you know I think that's a testament to to Gemma and the work that she's done and going into that Norway job she's got a good CV going in there um, and that's what you need um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. Other news and one which sent shockwaves through the women's footballing world uh, was Sam Kerr picking up a mid-season ACL injury on their pre-season tour away. I saw an Australian col columnist describe it as a week of mourning and I saw another tweet which said Sam Kerr will never play under Emma Hayes again. Laura, Chelsea have a great squad, but do you think this will affect them? I think it will. And actually, one of the first things that I did think was that that is a massive blow to the chance of Emma Hayes kind of getting her last pieces of silverware with Chelsea. Um, you know, they, they can do it without her. They could do it without her, with without Sam. Whether they will or not, I'm not 100% sure. Um, they do have an incredibly talented squad. You know, the last couple of transfer windows, they've sent a message of they mean business. Um, even now, they've had Natalie Bjorn from Everton, um, which is a massive blow to Everton. Um, you know, she's she's a brilliant player. 
But well, she's a midfielder, isn't she? So she's she's only scored two goals for Everton, hasn't she? So she's not going to solve that goal scoring issue. No, well that that was that was my next point. You know, they've they're bolstering other parts of of the squad, but now I think that they need to look at that attacking position as well. They need to bolster that those attacking ranks too. Um, you know, she's only scored two goals, but. What could she do under Emma Hayes, maybe? Could she come forward a little bit more, you know? But Chelsea definitely need to look at their their strikers now um, because losing Sam is it is a massive blow. Um, and I actually kind of let out an audible gasp when I saw the news that it, that it had happened because it was a massive shock. Um, obviously, nobody, nobody wants see it and it it also kind of brings up the question again of how much more research and time are we going to need to put into looking into ACLs with with female footballers as well it's always going to pose that question and we need to keep that at the forefront of the conversation as well I think um because it it needs to happen obviously it happens in the men's game as well We, we see that but I think it happens so much more with the women's and more work needs to be done with that but yeah Massive blow for Chelsea. Um, whether Emma Hayes will get even more silverware to finish off her time with with them, um, I think we wait and see. Lee, as a manager, when when your key player like that gets injured, um, does that does that motivate you even more, or do you have to do you have to pick up the dressing room because that dressing room will be absolutely devastated, won't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, not only from a point of view of obviously losing a key player that you want out on the pitch to help you win games of football, it's the the, the personal effect, isn't it? You know, Sam will be friends with all of those players and be really close and, and, and they see their, their friend go through a really tough time. So, you know, we had one just before uh, Christmas, we signed Georgia Robert, um, it was a big signing for us and, and G went over on the Friday with her knee and everything looked like a, you know, you were worried about an ACL. She, she'd had it, she'd done it previously. She was scared. The whole team was scared. And um, luckily we went away and, and, and the medical staff at our club were unbelievable. Within a week she'd had scans, um, you know, and everything, the surgery and, and G's now back for us. It was an ACL, but that moment and up until that diagnosis for those couple of days, she did it on the Friday and I think we had the scan on the Monday, that weekend, like everyone was just scared and, and worried for her. So, um, and and we've seen it a, a lot of times before. So, yeah, it's it, it, it when you get these big injuries and these players that are out, I think it's making sure you galvanise around that player and everyone. But also, it's, it's it's those players that maybe get the opportunity. Is there someone sat at Chelsea right now that's been sat on the bench that is ready to explode and and take Sam Kerr's you know, spot and, and be the one that goes and, um, you know, helps Emma get her, her silverware. So sometimes with injuries, there there becomes opportunities. Yeah, and yes, the, the script isn't being followed here, is it? The idea was Emma Hayes goes out in a blaze of glory. She gets the quadruple, everything's rosy. But at the minute, there's, um, there's, a, there's a twist in this little plot, isn't there? There is, definitely. And uh, I, I think Sam Kerr, uh, besides like her goal scoring, like how prof- prolific she is in her goal scoring. I think it's also that she scores um, uh, in those games where Chelsea are not doing well. 
So like Chelsea are playing badly and still Sam Kerr scores and salvages a point, three points, a win. And that is, for me, that is like uh, what Chelsea mainly lose uh, because, you know, when you're playing well, any player can uh, can score because you're creating those chances, you're going forward and uh, Chelsea have very, very talented players. They can decide a game, um, you know, in a second, but yeah, Sam Kerr scores in those uh, scores in those games where Chelsea are not doing well. So that's for me. That's the main thing that Chelsea are losing. And unfor- like unfortunately for for Chelsea, they it's like it's not a uh, it's not a rare occurrence <laughs> that Chelsea pay, play black, badly. So uh, uh, let's see how they do in those games when you know no one. Well, when everyone is kind of bored, because sometimes they play boringly, and then Sam Kerr does something extraordinary, because she is an extraordinary player. Let's see who can take the mantle uh, now, because you know they have they they hired they they signed some amazing players. Uh, Mia Fischel can find even you know even more space now. Uh, we'll see what happens with Katarina Makario. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have, they have goal scorers in their squad, but Sam Kerr is right now, uh, is of a different metal still. So yeah, they need, they need someone to be that kind of player, a Sam Kerr, not just, you know, a prolific goal scorer, but also the player they can save them when they're not doing well at all. There'll be Chelsea fans shouting now going, boring. Boring. <laughs> every every team has boring games. Uh, Chelsea has some more boring games sometimes. Uh, but look, they're champions several years in a row, so they're doing something right. Better, they're doing something something more right. Laura, is the emergence of Aggie Beaver Jones um, a blessing for Emma Hayes? She's really kind of come to the forefront this season, and you feel Emma Hayes will be the sort of one to go up to and go. You could be the main the main striker this year now. Yeah, I mean, she she's a real she's a superstar coming through. I think um, I think she's definitely been one to look out for, especially under Chelsea. She's been coming out of her shell a lot more. There, whether she can be that Sam Kerr that that we just talked about um, remains to be seen. She'll probably get more game time, more time for her to really sort yeah. of improve and establish herself. Yeah, she definitely will. Um, we've already kind of started to see that um a little bit towards the back end of last year um she's been doing really well um and i think she could be getting that regular game time and and it's the regular game time that she'll need as well um to boost her confidence as well lee aggie aggie's a great player isn't she we, i mean we saw her firsthand didn't she she was at bristol city last year you'll have seen her firsthand uh, she, she's a she's a good player and she's really kind of as i say she's you feel like she's going to step up this year yeah she's been one that sort of uh... Um, been on my radar, I suppose, going right the way back when I was at, um, in around the London clubs and stuff. You'd always look at who are the young kids coming through at clubs like Arsenal, Chelsea, because, you know, who can you get on loan and, and things like that. And I was lucky enough to work with quite a few and, and, and sign some some of those sort of players. But, yeah, she's she's been on a, on a good trajectory for a while now. And can she replace the, the Sam Kerr moment? Those bits of brilliance, maybe not, because obviously how good Sam is. But could she replace her goals? There's no reason why not. Because if you're a goal scorer, you're a goal scorer. 
Um, it's to be down to Chelsea maybe to provide her with those opportunities, whereas Sam Kerr, as, as mentioned earlier, will kind of pull those chances out of nowhere. So I'm sure Aggie's got that in her lock a little bit, but yeah, she can definitely score the goals. Other transfers, Aston Villa have signed Switzerland defender Noel Moritz from Arsenal, as Laura mentioned earlier. A bit of a surprising one, that one. Ryan Skinner has also made a first signing of the year with Canadian international Selena Zadorsky joining West Ham on loan from Spurs. And speaking of Spurs, they've also been signing a pair of Matildas. Matilda Vimberg, the Swedish international from Hammerby, and Matildas defender Charlotte Grant from Swedish side Vitso G.I.K. Difficult to keep up with. <laughs> Also, Danish international Ricky Savecki has also been forced to retire at the age of 27 due to a heart problem. She said, I'm surrounded by the best people and I will get through this. So best of luck to her in her future career. Um, any other transfers that caught your eye in Yesh, whether it's in the WSL or in foreign climes? We have to talk about, uh, you know, not a player transfer, but rather uh, a manager transfer, uh, Jonathan Giraldez going to Washington Spirit. Uh, that is, wow. I mean, he won the Champions League. He's uh, He might win the Champions League again. So, you know, going to, uh, leaving Barcelona, going to the States, going to Washington Spirit, who was like, uh, everyone was like, why don't they have a manager yet? And then, then, and then they pulled this out. There he is. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like okay, it it was worth the wait, yeah. uh, and we'll see if anyone follows him because uh, a certain uh, player has not renewed her contract yet. Uh, it's Alexia Putellas, so let's see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, something happened on that uh, uh, on on that on that front. Um, but also, yeah, some I mean, grenades uh, in today, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying anything. I don't know anything. I'm just uh, stating facts. She hasn't renewed. Jonathan went to the United States. Uh, we'll see what happens because, uh, you know, we've seen her uh, with uh, Michelle Kang in another context entirely. It's important to, to, to mention that. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, we'll see what happens because Barcelona don't have a lot of money uh, due to the... Uh, uh, terrible, terrible managing of the club, especially on the uh, on the men's uh, uh, part, which unfortunately uh, affects everything else in the club. Uh, um, but yeah, so we've seen that there's been a push and pull between Alexia and Barcelona, according to reports. So we'll see what happens um, in the WSL. Uh, I. I really like seeing uh, West Ham moving so swiftly. Um, they have to do something to, you know, uh, turn their luck around. Um, also, the Australians are going to Spurs. Uh, I love Australians. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love Australian player, uh, players, is what I'm saying. Um, and also, we'll see with Noel Maritz uh, what happens, because they're there have been some reports of a certain US WNT player going to Arsenal. So maybe that is, you know, opening space for a certain Emily Fox. We'll see because, you know, they play on, on the same side. Um, so I'm very excited to see if that comes through or not. But um, if they've if they've released, uh, released so to speak, uh, Noel Maritz, it's because probably because they trust that 
uh, you know, it's it's a done deal, or at least either for Emily Fox or for some other player we still don't know about. Laura, I saw you um, having a big grin on your face during and yes, chucking out all those names there. You seem to be enjoying it a bit. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. Um, <laughs> there are some huge names connected, though, with some massive moves. Um, and it's exciting to see what, what's happening. And I, I think she's absolutely right in saying, you know, West Ham really need to make these moves, especially this soon. They've... <laughs> They, they really need to to start kind of pulling up the ladder, I guess, and, and moving up it, you know. I think they're more than capable um, and more than capable of at least being mid-table if they've got those players in. And it's exciting to see them come in. And I really hope that they take a turn now following, following the winter break and, and coming back and... I think it could happen, but yeah, some some huge names coming and coming and going. It's it's exciting. Um, it's really exciting to see what's happening. And and Lee, obviously, as a manager, January is a busy time for yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, in the um, the national league, as I say, I've not I've I'm not really worked in, I'm not worked in national league before, but you don't have a transfer window as such. It's open all year year round. But what obviously we're trying to get hold of players from the championship, etc. So when that starts to open up. Yeah, things just start. It's like a domino effect. So, yeah, things have started to move and keep an eye on what's happening here, there and everywhere. Um, but, yeah, um, in, in our division, I think people uh, chop and chop and change uh, a little bit more frequency. So, yeah, it's it's good to sit back and, and see these other leagues and see everyone sort of fight and scrap for players. And, and I'm sort of feeling happy with what we've done so far. We've, we've just brought in a couple of players. So um, hopefully we can sort of settle and, and kick on for the rest of the season. And talking of transfers, it's uh, an important time in the NWSL season as well, isn't it, Inyesh? Because the the drafts are starting. And I was interested to read basically the newly formed teams and the newly promoted teams get first pick, don't they? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, the new teams, uh, Bay FC and Utah Royals, I think those are the, uh, the only two, um, they get to basically make up a new squad uh made out of other other teams players mostly uh those teams uh can protect some of the players but cannot protect some others and there have been some uh, some unpleasant uh moves because uh, uh the NWSL uh draft uh especially the, ex- the expansion draft is a little unfair well it's very very unfair to to players uh the the victims here, so to speak, are the players because they get no say in their destiny and where they go uh, or even if they go. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, a move, um, a team can can draft them and they were like, yeah, but I wanted to stay and they have no say because they have to go and they have to basically upend their whole life um, and move to maybe, you know, the other, like, entirely like the other uh, side of the country because the U.S. is so big and on top of that. And um, and they have to do it because, well, again, it's 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 not up to them. It's up to the clubs. And it's, it's I, I don't know, I think it's, um, it's problematic because um, players should have a say. What key moves are expected to happen or do you know? Or is it just a case of potluck when it, when it happens? Well, uh, the expansion draft has already 
they happened and there have been some uh, some interesting uh moves or how there have also been you know some some hirings there si some signings but for the uh nwsl draft the overall one uh i was surprised not to see uh jordan dudley uh from north carolina uh in the draft she decided to stay at college uh for another year uh she's a she was a freshman she was <laughs> The best players in the uh, in the uh, university in the college um, championships. So I I kind of expected her to to go straight away to to the draft, but she's not. She's staying in college another year. Uh, I think like main like the first pick might be um, Allison Sentner. I hope I'm saying her name right. Allison Sentner uh, from uh, from North Carolina as well. Um, she's um, She's a very, uh, very talented, like, she's a midfielder, but she's a very attacking midfielder. Uh, so I think she, she'll she be, she'll be a surprise for whoever, well, not for whoever picks her, because whoever picks her will know what she's worth, but I think she'll surprise many, many fans uh, in the WSL. And also Kennedy Wesley from Sanford. Uh a different kind of player entirely. Uh, she's either a left back or a center, central defender, but uh, I prefer her as a central defender. She's one of those uh, halfbacks who really, you know, have an authority on the pitch. And she, she's good on the ball too. Uh, she's very steady defensively. And uh, I think those two will be like the main picks. Um, I will never shut up about uh, the uh, <laughs> the draft from, I think, twenty. 20 2021 when Naomi Gorma was picked as number one uh and you know like predictions had uh Jalen Howell as number one and it was like no 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 Naomi Gorma is the one she's one in a million and she was number one uh, for San Diego Wave uh <laughs> so uh gosh I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the uh I love her and now I'm forgetting her name <sighs> the, the English the man of San Diego Wave. Casey Stoney. Casey Stoney. Gosh, honestly, my memory. Um, it's 30, you know, 30 years old. You, you'll lose your memory. Uh, but, but yeah. It gets, it gets worse, believe me. It gets worse. It gets worse, yeah. I believe you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Casey Stoney has an eye for everything, basically, and she picked her as number one. And I think it'll be, again, between uh, Kennedy and and, um, and Allison uh, for number one pick overall. But we'll see because, you know, there, there's always some surprises and uh, the players are always hoping to to go somewhere cool, but sometimes they don't get to, obviously, because it's not uh, it's not it's not always, um, you know, it's not always easy. I, I'm very, very excited for Jordan Dudley to to make it into the draft, like probably. Um, but you know, I think it's good for her to also remain in uh in because the the, the like the college uh championship is very competitive too, even though it's not a professional setup, you know, not like you know the NWSL. But it's it's still cool. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The draft again, it's a very cruel thing, but it's also exciting. So you know, maybe I'm a bit of a hypocrite to be excited, but uh, it's such a cruel thing again because players have no say. But it's so exciting because uh, it's also not cool to like, uh, like, you know, rank players 
and those who get left out all, always, you know, they can never, never uh, be demotivated because, you know, they cannot lose motivation because, you know, uh, look at Bethany Balser. She was not picked in the draft and now she's a U.S. international. So, you know, it's like there's life beyond uh, the NWSL draft. Uh, Mia Fischel never went to the end of the draft. She she started she decided to go to Tigres right away, uh, and now she's in Chelsea. So you know there's life beyond the NWSL draft, but it's still a little exciting because you know. Well, thanks a lot for for joining us, Lee and Laura, and also Inesh. Um, this has been the Women's Football Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us. And you can also listen to us via all good podcasting platforms. Give us a follow on social media. We're on tw- uh, Twitter, at TWFP1, and we're on Instagram, the Women's Football Podcast. Thanks for listening.